You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that looked like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. Alright, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. This is your host, Hansen James. And this is someone who just got rich from selling his property on Exum Island. That's right. Exum Island is looking flip that sucker. Quite beautiful this December and and looking like real estate prices are going to be really good for January. But before we go any further, Michael, let's talk a little bit about Sports Betting Dime. It's an incredible sports book review site. If wow. you haven't checked it out, make sure that you go to the Utah Jazz page of Sports Betting Dime. You can look at jazz history on there. You can look at betting lines. You can look at Basically, a snapshot of jazz games. Honestly, I might use it for my next game preview just to see who's injured because injuries are on there. Everything you need to make a good gambling decision. Uh, interesting thing about uh, Sports Betting Dime is it's uh, it's a site that helps you find the best gambling sites uh, out there. So if you're interested in making a bet on a game, if you're like me and you thought that the jazz would blow out the Philadelphia 76ers and I told people at work I wanted to bet $500 on that, and then they lost. You know what? If I'd have gone to sports betting dime, I might have had a better uh, idea of what the Jazz were going to do. Shame on told me. You exactly what would have happened. <laughs> exactly. So go to sports betting dime. I'm going to leave the link in the on slcdunk.com to to read and in the the um, description of this of this podcast. All right, Michael. The Jazz have actually looked pretty good lately to me. I, there's some things to to be excited about, and there's some things to to maybe be reserved on there's also I, I, I think there's something you really want to get off your chest right now though i think there's something that, that <laughs> has been going on for the past like five six games that you really just really want to flex on about oh it, i was right was i right about something I, I i think i think i think there's something that you've really i don't want to say you've been out on an island on <laughs> i just I, would like okay can i say one thing it's incredible what happens when you have a player with incredible raw talent and you allow that player to grow and become better. It's it's mind-boggling what happens when that player is allowed to actually develop. And what we're seeing right what we're it was seeing so right good now, to see Tony Bradley get in that game yesterday. All the <laughs> development, all the time he's been putting into the G League. It's just good for him to finally get out there and you're able to see what he's actually able to do because I think he had what zero points, zero points and a rebound. But oh, I think it finally made me really sad. It really made me really, really, you could really see that all the hard work has really paid <laughs> off. <laughs> well, the thing is, is like with Tony Bradley, it's one of those things where you kind of, Oh no, he had three rebounds, like, but he was over three from the field. 
Oh, and a turnover. Was, you know what's yeah, funny as is many turnovers actually... has Dante Exum. <laughs> I was on row two that game, and you know what's fun is when you're that close, and I could I was right near the jazz bench, so I could see jazz reactions to things. There's actually one thing I want to share on this podcast that I thought was interesting. Uh, but Tony Bradley to me is one of those players where it's like, well, maybe he can kind of learn to be really crafty and like you know, like how Tim Duncan was uh, just an all-world defender. He wasn't like this super athletic big or anything like that. Um, I mean, he was long enough. He was just, but, but uh, Tim Duncan was incredibly strong. He was, you know, a brilliant defender, used his body perfectly on every and play. really intelligent on the offensive side of the ball, like a basketball IQ of a, of a billion. But yeah, yeah, and that's kind of what you're hoping that Tony Bradley can be is just like this really, really intelligent defender because he's not, He's not Rudy Gobert with that incredible length and athleticism. He's more, uh, he's and long, I, think we I guess. You don't think he's going to become Tim Duncan. You're just wanting no. like just a Tim, Tim Duncan of, light that's made in, in China. That, no, like not even, well, <laughs> I'm just saying that like, honestly, like the only defender I can think of that's a good defender that kind of has his similar style of play is Tim Duncan in that he's just a really smart defender because Rudy Gobert, even if Rudy Gobert wasn't even as intelligent as he is or as fast and all these things as he is, he's still incredibly long and tall. Tony Bradley isn't quite that. He's like Derek Favors, but without the explosiveness, you know? Yep. And I just think that we're just, I don't know. But on the other hand, we have another player who, as soon as he steps on the floor, he's the fastest player on the floor. He's incredibly long, athletic, an incredible first step, great passing ability, great vision. And because Man, he's I love Joe Eagles. <laughs> Because he's six eight, he can pass <laughs> over the top of the defender, and you combine that with vision. It's like he can get twelve assists in the first half if he's allowed to play. Dante it's, Exum did look there, and and when you say pass over the top, there was a there was one time where he was trapped, and he literally just jumped over and dumped it into Gobert, mm-hmm. and um and and. Uh, Andy Andy Larson had a piece on the Salt Lake Tribune where he's talking about it, and he said there was one thing that Dante Exum didn't do well, very well, and that was the trap. The first time he encountered it, it was rough. The second time he was able to pass over it, but Rudy Gobert just w- wasn't able to handle the pass because I don't think he was used to a, a guard being able to get him the ball if he was double teamed like that. He's used to it being swung out. But anyway, I digress. No, it was really good, and like. We will preface this. It's the Knicks. They're awful. Terrible. You know? Oh my but gosh. I'm... They're G I I I really do think if you put some teams G League squads out against the Knicks, they're I'm not saying like the Knicks wouldn't have a winning record, but I am saying that they would suffer some really terrible losses. <laughs> and you'd be like, they lost to they lost to the main red claws. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the level. Did the, the, is the main Red Claws even a team anymore? They're a G League team for sure. Uh, I'm not sure if they got their name changed. Oh, they're still they're still the Red Claws, which is actually Us. one of the better names in the league. But I will say this: before the game was started, starting people weren't even sure who should even start. There were people saying others should start over Dante. Uh, Dante should start off the bench. Uh, I don't think anyone would have predicted that Dante Exum would start and the Knicks would be down by the most that they've ever been second most largest deficit in the shot clock era for their team uh, is what Dante Exum did. So he did really, really well. He did what you would hope he would do for a player you picked in the top five that you tanked for. 
uh, he did amazing. I was really pleased. Mm -hmm. I just want to see more of it because I feel like Dante has a chance. What I think Dante is giving right now is an opportunity for Dennis Lindsay to really uh, feel secure about going out for certain players on the market. I, I, if, if he decides that this is what Dante XM is, and I, I actually think that Dennis Lindsay probably believes that this is not what he can be. Otherwise, I don't think he would have given him that contract. Right. Uh, I, you know, they believe it. And la we saw it last night. Now, can he do that against Toronto if Ricky Rubio doesn't play? We'll see. If he does, then all of a sudden the Jazz are in really good shape. Because I think one thing that people aren't realizing is... Dante Exum's not going to be a lights out three point shooter. Maybe, I mean, honestly, he's in kind of his pseudo second year of his career, considering the injuries and playing behind Gordon Hayward and all those, those things. I don't know if Dante Exum's ever going to be more than like a 36% three point shooter. And I think 36% is pretty generous to hope for that. But the thing is, <laughs> yeah, is he, I would say so. But he's, but right now he's shooting 30%. But, anyways, what he can do is he actually creates gravity. He actually creates spacing for other players. He's so fast that he can break uh he can break down a defense. Even if they go behind a screen, he's so fast that he gets past them. And so he can get to the rim and then when he has that he has that size and length where he can like there were a couple plays last night where honestly I was blown away. He gets to the rim and it actually looked like he's kind of learned some things from Joe Ingles because what he did is he did that look off thing where it's like mm -hmm. you have to decide whether you're going to stop me or you're going to stop Rudy. And what got exciting last night was that not only did he do that, but on top of like looking off the defender and then backing up on to Gobert or if his guy stayed on him, he was actually able to find Kyle Korver in the corner for multiple three point shots. Kyle Korver shot five for eight from three last night. Yeah, so, and even uh, Andy Bailey on um, uh, on Twitter just recently, he was talking about how uh, Kyle Korver actually is a better player when Dante Exum is on the court. I mean, he's uh, if I remember right, I'm pulling it up. Oh yeah, Kyle Korver shooting fifty, almost fifty eight percent from three when uh, he shares the floor with Dante Exum. Pretty exciting. That's just nuts. I also think there was one play last night that I was like, wow, that really put, and, and it didn't result in an assist because Corver missed it. But um, Dante was moving without the ball, made an insane back cut. And who was it? Was it Ingles that passed to him? I can't remember. I it, it, um, it was either Ingles or Gobert passed it, got it in, inside. And there was no room for him for the layup, but uh, the Knicks collapsed on him. And and Exum moved it to the corner where because the Knicks collapsed on Exum, they left Corver wide open in the in the corner. Mm -hmm. And and Corver, uh, I think, was shocked by the whole play. Uh, took the, took the shot, but I don't think he was like in that moment thinking, "Yeah, I'm going to be shooting in the next the next second. Um, I, I there's there's things that Dante Exum can do just by his sheer just potential. Mm -hmm. His it, 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 that that if you give him the years of experience that Ricky Rubio has, uh, you're, he's going to be the better player. Um, and I, I think as I think it was two or three podcasts ago, we were talking about when 
when Dante Exum uh, was sitting, I was getting those DNPs, and we said, you know what? This is a really rough stretch of the schedule, and um, these are probably not going to be resulting in wins anyway. And when you're and and they're getting closer to the trade deadline, where they're trying to evaluate every single piece, mm-hmm. and I think they were really trying with Howell Neto to be like, okay, if if a team came to us and said we need Dante Exum, mm-hmm. or this doesn't happen, they they need to know, okay, what does what does being without him mean? How yeah, how, like- how what is what is that floor? And I think after about two or three games of the Howell Neto experience, which uh, wasn't exactly great, they decided, you know what, Man, Dante Exum is a better guy. And in turn, that really fueled Dante to be like, I'm turning it on. Um, and Dante has gone out there with, you know, it kind of feels like he's playing with house money uh, of sorts because um, I think of uh, Dave Chappelle, he was on the inside the actor studio and he was talking about the worst experience he ever had in stand-up comedy. And he talked about getting booed at the Apollo. And he was like, my family was there. And he was like, and there were grandmas like booing me. And he was like, this isn't that bad. This is, this is probably the worst thing that could ever happen to me. And this, this wasn't that bad. And I, I think of like Dante Exum where it's just like, he had all this promise. He got, he basically got benched for three games. And he probably was sitting there being and thinking, you know what? I, it, that's this was the scenario that I was worried about this entire time and playing tense about, and I worried about it, and it still happened. Mm-hmm. It's time to put this behind me. And oh, he, I personally and, will never forgive them for it. <laughs> but, but, oh, but 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 in the end, but in the end, he it doesn't feel like he's playing with with uh, like wa- watching a six. Uh, to well, see if if Quinn Snyder's going to pull him or anything, he's just my, playing. That's my question: Is did someone have a talk with him? Because he does feel it does look like he's more comfortable out there, like like he's earned the spot type thing. And I don't know if they've con- gone to Dante and said, "You know what? You're the guy." Maybe you're right. Maybe they did have this Howl Neto experience or whatever, uh, and then come to they came to Dante and said, "All right, you're the guy." Uh, you know, I don't know, but it just seems like he's not looking over his shoulder. And mm-hmm. that might have been a thing that was just really throwing him off before. Who knows? He was pressing and he's a player that doesn't he's not refined in his skill enough yet to be able to press and do well. So I, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is I'm very happy to see Dante doing really well because it gives the Jazz incredible security. For example, if Rubio gets hurt like he is right now. You can put out Dante and he got you a win. If uh, the Jazz decide they want to move on from Rubio, which who knows, maybe, maybe not. They know that they have Dante Exum. They're ready to start. Dante next to 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 Donovan Mitchell looked actually really pretty good. I'm actually it's actually surprising how good it looked to me. They Donovan kind of created. I a didn't bit think of the spacing would be there even against the Knicks. I d- and. Uh... That was one of those things where Dante's speed really changed. Like he could pull the defense to different parts of the floor because of his speed. Mm-hmm. And so instead of instead of his outside shooting as a threat, that ability to just take anybody and get to the rim mm-hmm. changed it changed a, a lot of how they were how they were defending. 
And so I was really surprised too. And Donovan had three open looks that he missed to start the game from three that were caused by that. Yeah, that's the thing is I like Dante created space for Donovan and he ended up uh, 33% for the night, two for six. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think it's just something that can create more space for Donovan, give him a little bit of breathing room. Uh, I think there's a few players that the Jazz could trade for out there that could actually play well with Dante as starting point guard. I don't know if you're ready to get into this and to get into the trade zone. Uh, well, let's, how about we talk about these games? Because on our past podcast, we were talking about the stretch that they were going to go through. You know, they're yeah. going to play the Trailblazers twice, the Thunder, the Sixers, and then also the Warriors. And through that stretch, and I said they were going to go two and three. You said three and two. You were right again. Um, <laughs> Wait, well, okay. I like just hearing that. I don't hear it a lot. No, no, that, that's that's the only time we're going to talk about it. So, so, um, but in in actuality, they and they had a chance to go four and one over that stretch. There, it was just a not being able to put it all together against the uh, against the Thunder, which is one of those games. I wrote in the recap. I was like, it's probably the most forgivable moral victory they had all season long. And they're probably still going to be kicking themselves that they missed out on this one. Mm-hmm. Not because not because it, it was like nobody played well and blah, blah, blah. This one was everybody, they played them tough. It was a defensive match. It felt like a playoff game. I even said the referees showed up to it like, like it was going to be a regular, just uh, one of, just one of 82. Mm-hmm. And instead it ended up being a playoff atmosphere and the referees were playing on their heels. The in, we're not playing, but they're officiating on their heels the entire night. It never felt like they were uh, caught up to the action. Mm-hmm. And so, and so that game, man, that they, they had a real chance to be four and one over that stretch. And they're so close. It feels like they just get like, they're almost like they're one game under 500 as they are right now. And then they have some nightmarish game that they have to play to be able to pull them to 500. This mm-hmm. time they like tomorrow they have to, is it tomorrow? No. Uh, 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 in two days. So on New Year's Day, man, I hate that the fact that they have to play Toronto on New Year's Day. Ugh. Um, that just feels like a scheduled loss. I because let's be real, you're twenty, you're in your twenties. It's New Year's Eve. Like, what do you think is gonna? What do you think your people are gonna be doing? But on the other hand. Toronto's going to be home, and what do you think they're going to be doing as well? So it's going to be like who's hung over the less. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, they did. They, they're 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 getting they're been playing really good ball. If you the only game they did not play great uh, was that Seventy Sixers game, and it just felt like they thought they could still show up for the second half and everything would work. It didn't feel like they were working in that one, and all of a sudden a three point game turned into a almost you know a 20 point loss mm-hmm. other than that game for the for the month of december utah looks like they got their act together well and i will say in that philadelphia game there was one little bright spot and that was dante scored 20 points he was three for four from three if we're getting all of a sudden uh dante who we kind of hoped he'd become the jazz are in such in such a good spot. Like, I don't know if Ricky Rubio is going to play next game, but I kind of, I just think the jazz should look at it as a scheduled loss 
let Ricky Rubio get healthy so that when he gets back, he can start and be 100% so that when we start playing some uh, lesser teams, he's able to kind of get into the flow again. Uh, let Dante go up against like Kyle Lowry and see how he does. Can he can he create problems for Toronto that we didn't create last time when we lost? I believe we lost last time we played Toronto. So it would be interesting to see. Maybe he can do something that we couldn't do before. What I really liked about that game last night is the pace. Uh, so if you look at, um, so I'm just going to say the second fastest player for the for Utah last night played with a pace of 107 possessions mm-hmm. in a game. Uh, the third fastest was 106, and that was Donovan Mitchell. So you have Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles. The fastest was Dante Exum at 108 possessions. He pushed that pace, and he got Utah on their sets. Like part of the reason Gobert was able to get so many good looks was, I mean, you had Dante. You had you just played with pace when he was on the court. They're mm-hmm. they're they're flying. They're flying in their sets. They're making quick decisions. So that's a that's a really big thing. And I I I think you're right. I think they've played this really nightmarish schedule. They're without Jay Crowder. They're without uh, Ricky Rubio. Um, Possibly again because he has he has what, what a knee contusion and then also it was lower it back. pretty rough like he had Joel Embiid I, hit him pretty hard I it's just not worth it to like push it honestly just give him a couple days rest yeah he'll come back better for it it's not like it's not like Dante Exum is winning the starting job unless Dante starts against Toronto and drops thirteen and thirteen again with one turnover and the Jazz win by thirty there's not going to be a point guard controversy. Right, he would have to do do like a kind of a Kaepernick with Alex Smith type of thing, where you're well, like five five or six wins later with dominant play, you're like, I I, I guess we have to ride this out. Well, and Versus, I can ass- I can assure you that Quinn is all in on Ricky Rubio right now. Quinn's not giving the starting role, and that's fine. And I also think I think Utah is as well because they're trying even even if I don't think they are set, they're going to be entering free agency with a lot of money. Say they do because some trades are trying to get worked out. Don't go through. Um, they don't want to look like the team that is going to bring you on and then just like tank you in your like contract year. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're playing a delicate game of, we want to make sure that we look like we're, we're, we're doing right by the player. Because that, I mean, other players are going to talk. Like Ricky Rubio is going to go to people and be like, "Yeah, I was halfway through my my contract year, and all I did was get injured." Because mm-hmm. he he has been playing really good ball leading up to this time. Mm-hmm. So so if you're if if you sit him, uh, players will talk and he'll be like, "Yeah, I was playing great ball, and they sat me just because of an injury. They didn't even let me get back." Mm-hmm. So I understand what type of situation that puts them in but what if Dante Exum does get better and is playing really well then all of a sudden you're you're given the luxury of a if you you ride these two point guards out for the rest of the season then you're like okay whoever has it is playing I like that's a, we're, we're kind of like with Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert mm-hmm. whoever's got it at the end of the game we're gonna ride or die with them um they'll do the same thing with the point guard position it, it would it would only make sense so, also now we can get into trade scenarios. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing is, yeah, I would just, you're right. And maybe we're beating a dead horse here, but just let him go against Toronto. Let Ricky Rubio get healthy so that when the Jazz make the playoffs, he's good to go. 
And, you know, it's like you said, so we got trade scenarios right now. If, if, if you cut it, I don't know. That's why I just, I just want to see Don take it two or three more starts just because when the jazz go into the trade deadline, you know, if you feel like Dante is the guy and he's your like, honestly, if Dante Exum playing like he did last night, if he can learn to be somewhat near that level every game, then you're in really good shape. And then the jazz can go into the trade deadline to fill a need. And I think the biggest need the jazz have is a consistent scoring, passing, rebounding power forward. Right now we have a consistent rebounding power forward who can run a pick and roll, but Derek favors is, and I think Derek would agree, maybe not, but that he's, he's a center now and he's probably been a center for a long time, but he's a center that can play power forward uh, if you need him to in short stints, which is what the jazz use him for. Uh, I think the jazz need to find a full time, high level power forward. And there's a few of those that might be, well, there's one we've talked about before. I think Kevin Love is as about as good an option as the Jazz have out there. I don't know. I would agree. Um I think that this news with Washington is actually really interesting because Washington has Ernie Grunfeld as their general manager. Uh Washington has five players making uh salaries that are going to put them over the tax limit next season so they need cap relief mm-hmm. uh because and every they need young and they need inexpensive players well so here's the uh, other rookies thing. would do rookies would do the trick for that so uh, draft picks would do them a lot of good well here's what i think is they just traded kelly Oubre for trevor ariza to make a playoff push and now john wall is out for the year with an injury the Jazz, if the if the Wizards are stubborn, which could be because they're not an intelligent team, they're a team that makes rash decisions, uh, the Jazz could say, hey, we have two expiring contracts that are both very good players that can help you make the playoffs while John Wall's injured. Give us uh, Otto Porter. We'll take on two bad contracts for you. Uh, Otto Porter, who's actually a good young player, and we'll take Jan Mahimi, and you can take Derek Favors and Ricky Rubio. Rubio replaces john wall who's out and Derek favors replaces jan Mahinmi and might and probably becomes your starting power forward and you guys get to make the playoffs and we'll give you a a, a protected first round pick so you get a first round pick cap relief you get to make the playoffs it's a win-win <laughs> I, I actually think I, that's something that the wizards might be willing to do uh we'll see but uh I have a feeling Ernie Grunfeld might be playing for his job and might be okay taking a swing at, at those guys and getting cap relief. I, I see. I don't know what the Wizards are going to do. Like the the smart GM would be like, okay, Zion's in the draft. Mm-hmm. We're going to go after that guy. But they just traded the for Trevor Reese. <laughs> exactly, and that's the, and and it's the Wizards. So I don't know. Like every step of the every step of the way this season, we've been like the Wizards. Are, this just goes to show the Wizards are going to blow it up. Then they traded for Trevor Reason. You're like, okay, I guess they have really high hopes and they can turn their season around. And then John Wall's like, I'm take, I'm getting surgery. And you're like, okay, well, you know. And and so even even if the uh, Ricky Rubio and Derek Favors, like you make that trade, um, it 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 at least puts them in the hunt. And both those players are going to get significant minutes 
it's going to look great for both of them if they're if they if Derek Favors ends up not having the second year of his contract guaranteed, so he goes into a contract year. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be really great for Ricky Rubio because he's going to get tons of playing time, and if they end up going on a playoff run, it looks even better for his resume. Oh yeah, so like, Rubio's going to play if he goes to that team, and he's probably fine with that because Rubio wants yeah. to get paid. It's probably his final contract he's getting. Uh, and so, and, and we had been kind of when, and the other one that we've talked about extensively on this podcast is Kevin Love. And right now, if you want to get Kevin Love, you're, you're moving either Dante Exum or Ricky Rubio, or you can do Tabo Cephalosha and Derek Favors, and you're still able to keep Ricky Rubio and Dante Exum. And then you're able to have even more cap space going into, uh, Going into um, twenty eight twenty nineteen off season, I I just think what Utah is going to find out right now with uh, Ricky Rubio out and also Jay Crowder out, um, you're going to find the top limit of these guys because Derek Favors is going to play a lot mm-hmm. while Jay Crowder is out, and for Utah to have success, like Ricky Rubio being out is not as much of a big deal as Jay Crowder being out. And we haven't even talked about that yet. Like Jay Crowder being out is a huge deal because he is part of the Jazz's best lineups. Mm -hmm. He just spaces that floor. And I will say last night, there were two shots by Derek Favors that made me go, ah, okay. And they were those, those, Those what was a step back three? And I was like, what in the world is going on where he's like, and he did them in rhythm. Like that was the thing. Like it, it looked, looked like a practice shot. And, and, and it, uh, that changes everything because arc. they looked great. Like they, I know good. I was like, cause, cause it wasn't like, um, because his shots from the corner three look like this, like this jettisoned arrow. And you're like, it's either going in or it's going hard off the off the other side of the rim. Mm-hmm. And those ones, they had like a great arc. And it looked like, because it, it was a pick and pop. They're running them off a of pick and pop. So, and, and you could tell like the New York Knicks were like, what in the literal F is this? This has not been on one piece of game film. And, 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 and it hasn't. I, but it looks practiced. And so... Um, with Ricky Rubio out and without Jay Crowder, you're going to we're going to get to have a lot of time to see how Dante Exum works, Derek Favors, and it either expands their trade value or it or it allows Utah more flexibility in who they can move at the trade deadline or who they can decide to not re-sign in the off season. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's happening when the schedule is getting a like these injuries, we I, I think I think I talked about it in another another post a, a little bit ago where where you know, you look at the Jazz's schedule and it's just like it doesn't get better too much in January. While they play more at home, they're playing really difficult teams, mm-hmm. and so um, this next stretch they play the they play the Pistons, they play the Raptors, they play the Bucks, and I think wh- who's who's the only gimme on this this next is it. Is it the Bulls? Yeah, they have. A, it's their only Bulls, 
uh, let's see. Tonight, well, the next game tomorrow is uh, the Raptors. Then they play the Cavaliers. Oh, it's the Cavs. Yeah, the Cavs it's the Cavaliers. Are, Pistons, Pistons are a pretty decent. Pistons are an average team. So that's not like a gimme, but they should win that game. Uh, yeah. Bucks are very, very good. Uh, and then Magic and Lakers. Lakers without LeBron. Man, this really should be a five-game road trip. It's it's stupid that they can't play Chicago when they're right right in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just as dumb. Well, that's how this season uh, goes in terms of schedule. It really has been just a ridiculously hard schedule. I know, like we've talked about, because they end up playing them. Well, we've talked about how we don't want to complain about the schedule, and I still don't. I still feel like if you're a good team, you overcome that stuff. But it's just ridiculous how. They have had like no advantages in the schedule. Like even our home games, we've been at disadvantages because of back to backs and in between traveling and things like that. It's just annoying. But well, one of the one, and then they end up playing the Chicago Bulls. So they'll go on a road trip and they're in Washington. Then they fly up to New York and then they fly all the way down to Atlanta and then they fly from Atlanta to Chicago. It's just, uh, this is just so stupid, and and normally, I, and and I know this because I used to live in Indiana. They would play this road trip. They'd have this four game road trip where they would play Minnesota, Chicago, uh, Milwaukee, then Indiana, mm-hmm. and they'd get them all out of the way right there because it's 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 not that far away, and it just this is stupid. This is this is just stupid. Anyway, um, bad job so, NBA. Bad job, bad job. But I think I think as we get closer to the trade deadline, because now we're let's see here, we are now about two weeks. If you really think about, it, we're about two weeks away from uh, Utah being able to have all of their roster available via trade, mm-hmm. and that's that's Utah's you know first day at the dance right there that they they really get to start working like Corver. Corver, okay, like I, I think Corver is a great case study. I, I when we, the Jazz acquired him, I said it's going to be a case study in whether Quinn's offense can really open a guy up. And I, I do think if you like with Corver, he defensively he's not as bad as you think, but at the same time, you can say that about anybody who's playing with Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. You're like. He looks really great playing out there with Rudy Gobert. Um, he's averaging three more points a game. His three his three point percentage has dropped, but he's taking two more threes a game. Well, and he and he's only playing three three more minutes a game. Like they're they're basically saying, if you got a shot, put it up there. And so that's the Jazz. Right now, they're they're so starved for shooting. They're not going to be like, oh well, you know what? You were shooting forty six percent, but I mean, I guess we'll take forty one. Mm-hmm. Like he's 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 doing great out there, and his defensive and his defensive rating out there, not the worst. Well, that's the it's thing. not bad. He's not honestly, he's not a bad defender. Like he can't guard the other team's best guy, but if he's guarding like their no. fourth or fifth best guy, he does fine. Like he he knows how to defend. He he's always in the right spot. He doesn't make mistakes. If you beat Kyle Corver, it's because you just out athletic him. Like, but he's a he's a smart player. He because he's so good offensively, he knows what to do and where to be on defense. It's kind of, is what it seems and, like. And his win shares per forty eight are the highest they've been 
in any in let's see here one he made some interesting comments about dante last night as well Um, i i he he gets really great looks from dante um and i think the reason being is if Dante makes those same passes as Joe Ingles, Joe Ingles has a bit of a, a wind-up. Mm-hmm. But Corver is just ready to go. And so it's giving Corver just the perfect amount of daylight to be able to work with. So he knows if, if Dante is going to the paint. He, if he just stays tight in that corner, he's going to get a look. Mm-hmm. And Corver works so well off-ball. He can kind of he can he can fly there. What is so cool about um, when when Dante Exum plays with Joe Ingles and Kyle Korver? Kyle Korver is still moving. Like that, that's one of the coolest things about Kyle Korver is uh, after a Jazz game, just watch all of Kyle Korver's plays and just watch how much this thirty-seven-year-old man is still running around the court like a banshee oh he works just trying to get open he works uh and so you still have that going on when dante exum is collapsing and so a a defense is collapsing and then they go back to like (laughs) to uh, go back to their guy and kyle corver's on the clear other side of the of (laughs) of the court Mm -hmm. by that point so it's it's really special and I think they might have found something with with Kyle Korver and, and Dante Exum and how they work together. So um, I, I will say, though, who sent all this time, Korver, Korver's great. In, uh, Ingles looks like he's getting better. Um, Gobert has been an absolute monster. Um, but it, we're still in the territory of, man – we thought Donovan was going to be taking another step forward this year. Mm-hmm. And maybe his injury that he suffered at the end of last season hampered him more. I and his whole something, uh, than, something than we than we thought we did. I think so. I think something's off because it's not like a player just forgets. I mean, he was doing things that were absolutely incredible. And it's not like that just he doesn't look like a player that has the yips or anything like that. He looks like a player that's just a little off. I mean, he just, he's not dunking the ball this year as much as he was last year. Last year felt like a dunk contest every game. This year, it's like mm-hmm. every so often we see one of those vintage Donovan dunks. I, I think, I think it's either the injury or something ha- like he's just not quite there. And I think part of it is also just sophomore slump stuff. Uh, but something is just not quite there. I, 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 I have like, a hard time wanting so to criticize too much you- because he just, it doesn't look quite right to me. That's interesting that you mentioned the dunks because he has only 10 dunks on the season in 33 games. Mm-hmm. And so if, if, if you're looking at that, what did he have last year? He, he had, um, I just lost it here. He had 42. He's on, he's on pace for only 27 dunks. So he's doing half the dunks that he did last year. And last year he didn't even play. He didn't even start until like, I can't remember when he started, but. And 42 and 42 dunks in 79 games. Mm-hmm. So this is if he plays all 82. Yeah. So if you, if you go, so if you go, um, let's see here, 42, 42 divided by 79. And then let's see. Oh yeah. So he, he was, he was doing, so. He was averaging a half a dunk a game, basically. Mm-hmm. So 
versus this year it's a third so something's off that he's just not got the same lift he doesn't you know what else i notice is he doesn't you remember last year he used to just challenge guys at the rim like he would try to dunk mm-hmm. over people uh this year he's just not doing that and so that's why i just think you know what i think he did have some injuries i don't think he had enough time to recover uh and he is a player that benefits from his athleticism so it's just not there as much as it was last year and so i think i think giving i mean i think he's a star player and star players get criticism that's just comes with being a superstar but i think you've got to be mm-hmm. a little careful to be a little too harsh on him because you know there's times where after the season's over then you find out oh yeah i broke my hand during the finals you know lebron james and, or like you know we find out that so and so had a a hurt knee or something like that and it's just it's i don't know if it's worth worrying about too much now if next season it's the same story then you start to worry i guess but uh i think, yeah, I think and, donovan's and, fine you know yeah and the other thing that's kind of interesting is last year he shot 50 percent from three in the corner mm-hmm. this year he's only shooting 35 percent and 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 likewise um, 4% of all of his field goals attempted last year, mm-hmm. almost 4% were dunks, 2% this year. And, and that's coming when he's averaging more shots a game. So I think it, it's, it, it, I mean, he's still like, he, he's still an, a plus player on the court. But you look at Donovan, you're, and and I think this is where you're like, okay, the expectations of what I thought he was going to be, because he came out of the gate so fast last year, mm-hmm. versus what he is now, and um, and and when I, I wrote a piece in the off season talking about, okay, well, you know, what can you expect from Donovan in his, in his second year, and compared him to uh, players that scored like he did in their rookie years. And what they what they ended up doing in their subsequent year, and th- the good news was all of them kept their scoring averages for the most part. All of them scored the same, if not more, points per game. All of them uh, averaged the same, if not more, uh, rebounds and um, assists were wildly inconsistent. It didn't that really didn't um, translate because sometimes that just depends on your teammates. Um, but uh, the interesting thing is it wasn't like every single player immediately became more efficient. Michael Jordan dropped in efficiency. Uh, Vince Carter dropped in efficiency. Um, Allen Iverson, surprisingly, uh, I think did not drop in efficiency. Yeah. Um, and players that you didn't expect w- would get better, got better. And players that you in your mind, you're like, oh, yeah, they would be the one. They, they, they didn't. And, 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 but they all ended up having good careers. They all became efficient players. Mm-hmm. Um, except if you're, uh, Brandon Jennings, but other than that, um, or OJ Mayo, um, you, you, you still were good. Mm-hmm. And so y- you look at that and, and actually the, the two players that um, did increase in efficiency on their rookie years are two of the best point guards in the game right now, Damian Lillard and Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. But it's, but it, that's not guaranteed success. Like you look at Michael Jordan, if you looked at his second year and he, he ended up getting injured, um, 
he 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 was he was struggling. But then his third year, he came out of the gate firing. Mm-hmm. And so so if if we're kind of looking at it, not to say that Donovan Mitchell is going to be Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan suffered an uh, an injury and saw his saw his efficiency drop off as he was coming back from that. Donovan Mitchell suffered an injury late in the playoffs last year that took out most of his offseason. Mm-hmm. He fell out of rhythm. He wasn't able to uh, be doing those things. He lost muscle memory on some things, and he might not have the same confidence in 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 his in his uh, in his play. And you have to add in if. Maybe he's still a little bit hurt, but is worried about playing through his endorsement deals because he has all these expectations. He has a shoe deal. He has all this. Mm -hmm. And so he's like pushing himself so hard. He might, it might be watching Dante Exum, but just (laughs) someone who has a a lot more leash and uh, is, is better right now. Just force it. it. When you watch Donovan right now, it, you you see a player who's just playing in his head. Oh, absolutely! Like it, his the best defender on Donovan right now is Donovan, and that's what you get when you watch him. Well, and I do think that the Jazz can do him some favors in the trade market. I think that you know i I think Derek Favors is is a stud, and he's a really good basketball player, and he helps you win. He makes winning plays. He helped us win two playoff series. One, when Rudy went down uh, during that Gordon Hayward playoff series, Ru- Don- Derek stepped up, and he's the reason, um, him alongside Joe Johnson, that we won that playoff series. And then uh, in the, the next season, he's also been just a big part of the Jazz playing really well, our turnaround and all those things. But the Jazz are getting are really running into issues sometimes where they just can't score. And if you had a player like Kevin Love on the floor who can shoot 40% from three, an elite passer, uh, he's he's an elite rebounder. I think that's one of the things people don't realize is sometimes this team could rebound better. Uh, Kevin Love can get that rebound and then throw it down the floor and get it to Donovan or Dante or whoever's running, and they score. And Donovan can all of a sudden get mm-hmm. like four easy points a game because Kevin Love is getting him the ball. One of the things I'm loving seeing with Dante, I know it's Dante, 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 but he's a really good cutter. And there's, we're seeing some things that I, I would be, I mean, if I'm Quinn Snyder, I get a little bit excited to think about some of the things that Denver's doing with Jokic that you could do with Kevin Love because Kevin Love's a better shooter than, than Jokic. Uh, and I would argue he's, I don't think he's the same level passer as Jokic. Not many are. But Kevin Love is a good passer. And so if you have like second units where Kevin Love is at the top of the key as your center and you have just cutters going to the rim like Donovan and Dante and and then shooters um, providing space like Corver and Ingles on the corner. And then you've just got Kevin Love able to pass the ball or just shoot the ball and hit 40 percent from three. It's it's mm-hmm. unguardable. I don't know how you, it's the same type of thing that is being run in Denver and they have the best record in the Western conference. So uh, there's just a lot to like yet. Yes. He has a big contract. Yes. He has suffered from injuries before, but the thing that drives me crazy is like, you're talking about trading Derek favors. Who's on a literal permanent minutes restriction, probably who has been injured for the last three, four years off and on. To trade for Kevin Love, who has some injury issue, I don't understand. Like they're both injury prone, right? Like, what is why is Derek well? Favors and here's the other thing prone? too that cracks me up when people are like, 
he's missed he he's missed a lot of games in his career. And it's just like, well, um, there's a guy named Rudy Gobert who every year he plays 82 games and then the next year he plays 60 mm-hmm. or 50. Yeah. And um they're like and and the other thing too is Utah actually has a really good a really good medical staff now. So I think they would get Kevin Love and they'd be like, "Looks, you're not going past 28." Yeah, and that's just going to be we're not going to play But here's you. the thing. We have this awesome guy named Jay Crowder who's going to go in there, going to be able to fill some minutes. We have Epe Udo who is great, who's going to fill in some minutes. We have this we have really good depth and and this team structure here. And the way we roll our offense, we're not going to be fully reliant on you uh to to get our get our all of our points. Like and so immediately all of a sudden you have this you have this really good this really good front court and any day now Kevin Love's going to be able to come back, he's going to play. And Kevin Love also has something when people scream Otto Porter and they're like he's younger and all these things, that's awesome. And I do think he's a really good player. I think his val- I think because Washington is just so wildly stupid with their GM situation over there, I think his value is going to be a lot higher because I think they could be 40 games under 500 and their GM would still think they're in the playoff race. Oh. And and so he's going to price him accordingly like he's in a playoff race, not like he's dumping salary like he should. Versus Cleveland, Cleveland definitely does not want to win end game mm-hmm. <laughs> this year. Oh, the worst thing they could do and is have so, Kevin Love come in and win them five games that keeps them from a chance at Zion. Like that's the yeah. last thing they want. Right. And so I and I also think Kevin Love has a name recognition that Otto Porter doesn't and he's just he's just gonna provide that gravity. Kind of like Kyle Corver when people are like, well Kyle Corver's 37. And guess what? People still close on him like he's 28. Well and they do. And 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 the same thing is going to happen with Kevin Love because they're going to be like, dude, you cannot leave Kevin Love in the corner. Please don't leave Kevin Love in the corner. And we talk about we you were, you know, you said we've been talking about Dante Exum too much. But at the same point, we've seen the ability of Dante Exum when he's on the court with Joe Ingles and Kyle Corver. In fact, when he's on the court, um, when when uh when Dante Exum is on the court with those two. And only and only Gobert and not both Favors and Gobert. He's averaging over a point per over a point per shot on drives. And right now, you look at Donovan on drives. He's only averaging point seven. And most of the most of his possessions, twenty five percent of Donovan's possessions come when he's on the court with Favors and Gobert. Mm-hmm. So you're saying so basically what you're saying is twenty five percent of the time. I want Don, I want Donovan's shot that he takes the most of drives because that's that's his most that's his favorite shot. I want those to be less than I want them to be less than three quarters of a point. Mm-hmm. That's what you're saying when you play those two together. That's not say, and 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 that's what I hate when people are like you're dissing on Derek Favors. We're not. Derek Favors is an amazing player. He's a really good player, but you have to let the puzzle pieces fit. If you, it doesn't make any sense. If I take a puzzle piece from another puzzle and say this is a really good puzzle piece, I'm sure it is, but it doesn't fit, <laughs> and and it only fits when one of them is on the court. It only it doesn't get its full value unless only one of them is on the court, and that's unfair to Favors. It's unfair to Gobert, and. 
And that's why everyone's been saying, yeah, Favors is most likely going to get traded because you look at the pair and you're like, eh, like they're not trading Gobert. And so you look at them and you're like, and it's fair. Is it like you look at Favors, you're like, you deserve better. You deserve to not have to like play 20 minutes a game when you can play 28 in a contract year. Mm-hmm. He deserves that. Well, and I just think it's funny when people like post the plus minus numbers of that starting unit as if like, look, it finally went positive again. <laughs> well, great. I'm glad we're excited about just barely being above zero when we could play be. I know it's, it's not as bad as it could yeah, be. Yeah, it's, you know, great. I- we're not negative anymore. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It just makes so much sense. And last season, Donovan became an elite, elite rim finisher. And this year, teams are saying, you know what? That's his best shot. That's what he does best. This is how their li- lineup is structured. So we're going to do this so Donovan can't finish at the rim. And they were doing it last night. Even New York, who sucks, still was doing it to keep Donovan from getting to the rim. There were just bodies there when Donovan went there. Uh, there weren't where, when Dante was because they were focusing on Donovan. Dante was able to get to the rim. Rudy had an all-time night. And, you know, right now Donovan's... He played against sixth graders last night, if we're being but frank. Like, but Donovan, even with all that, Donovan was still being guarded by multiple defenders. And it gave room for Dante to do even more work. And so... It's just rough for Donovan right now. He does not get opportunities that he did last year when he was still kind of surprising people with what he could do. Uh, This year, he is the focal point of their defensive game plan. And until the Jazz create that space for him where teams, because what they do is they just pull the defender off Derek Favors. And last night, Derek Favors made two threes, which is great to see. And if he can do that more consistently, it opens things up. But if Kevin Love's out there, they have to respect it. He comes with a brand name, and they have to respect it, and it, he can go to the ring. Favors room. has to earn the respect every single mm-hmm. game. Like, that's the thing. Like, Favors has to earn the spacing. So they're not going to change the way they guard unless Favors hits, like, two or well, three what they're threes. Saying, they're saying, they're you know like, what, okay. if he makes them, so be it. That's what they're saying right now. Uh, and And it's just Donovan is the one who is suffering because of it. If uh, if the Jazz make a trade that opens things up, it'll be it won't be surprising if the Jazz get Kevin Love and they go on a big time run because all of a sudden, you know, Dante and Donovan and Ricky or whoever is left on the team after the trade is getting. And and that opens things up for Ricky. We haven't even talked about how much that I mean, Ricky has to because he doesn't have the speed of Exum. He really has to rely on his craftiness or or somebody falling asleep at the wheel to go go in for the layup mm-hmm. and all of a sudden that opens things up so uh, we saw it last year when when ricky would get into the paint and he would gnash as uh quinn snyder calls it um keeping his dribble um after that first screen but um, not going immediately to the paint to see what how the play develops mm-hmm. He's, he would have so much room to be able to work with that and all of a sudden you have defenders on an island rather than being able to have help immediately come in and and take that play away. Mm-hmm. And 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 so that that helps everybody. It literally helps everybody. Plus Ricky Rubio and Kevin Love have a have have a rapport with each other al- already. Yeah, they already know each other's and, games. And, uh 
and Kevin Love. He loves Park City. He man, he loves he loves the Wasatch as much as Post Malone does. <laughs> so, like, give like I to me, and we are, as we get closer to the trade deadline, it just it just would be crazy if Utah doesn't make a move because we saw it last year. They made a move, and I think we'll see it again because this roster is an island of misfit toys that Quinn Snyder through the grace of God and through some amazing coaching got to a second round, uh, got to the second round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's just insane. We, we can't talk about that enough. And the only thing they did to tweak it was they moved two players and brought one player in. Other than that, like what they were left with after Gordon Hayward was what they were left with. And then they almost did the same thing this year. They still had that same squad. They didn't quite work out. They brought in Kyle Korver, and it kept them afloat during December. All, and and I, if the Jazz make the playoffs, we very well could point to Kyle Korver coming in in December and being like, that was the difference between sinking and, and, and staying mm-hmm. afloat. Um, well, for example, uh, we won, and, we won and, the Charlotte game because of Kyle Korver. We would have lost that game if Kyle Korver mm-hmm. wasn't on the team. Uh, there's there's multiple games like that already this year. Uh, I had one other thing about Kevin Love, too, that I think is important to remember. Uh, one of the reasons uh, people don't for, people seem to forget how big of a deal Joe Johnson was for the Jazz uh, that last year when he was still playing uh, good basketball. There were times with the second unit with the oh, Jazz. Well, there were times yeah. with the second unit with the Jazz, like this year, for example, where we just give up these insane runs. Uh, luckily, we've started putting in the correct backup point guard. So it, ha- you notice it hasn't happened lately a lot. The the insane twenty to zero runs lately. I could have told you about that. But anyways, like this season when we have uh, you know, the second unit in and there's a run going on for the other team. If you have Kevin Love, you throw the ball down to him in the block and he'll just get you a bucket. Kind of like how Joe Johnson would do. He'd just back down his guy, old man basketball, turnaround jumper, gets you a bucket. And the run is stopped for the other team. Kevin Love does the same thing. He's a run stopper. So you just say, hey, you know what? Mm -hmm. Uh, Things aren't rolling very well right now. The other team is hot. They've just hit two threes in a row. Give it to Kevin Love. He will back his guy down a baby hook shot and it's a bucket. And they did that so often in Cleveland uh, and they still do it when he's playing. He's a run stopper and the Jazz don't really have that right now. Donovan uh, is not a consistent enough guy right now to make those shots. Dante is not a big time pull up shooter and, you know, you're not getting it from Royce and even Joe Ingles is not really that guy. They just don't have it. And so having a guy like Kevin Love who can just get you a bucket when you need it. Like what Carl Malone used to do, just give him the bucket in the post. He will get you a bucket. And that's what Kevin Love can do. And I like, I, I, I honestly, it like boggles my mind. Yes. I've had the same thoughts as everyone. Like the contract is big. The injury history is there, but guess what? So does every, every other player, but he's really, really, really good. He's like a six-time all-star. And I just say he's he's really obtainable. Like out of all – like Otto Porter, you're having to deal with Grunfield. And, and who I even knows what's going to happen with like, that? What, yeah, and then, and then you look at, okay, well, maybe Miritich will be available. But first you have to have the biggest domino of the NBA fall, and that's Anthony Davis. 
And I don't think that's happening until the off season, mm-hmm. at least closer to the draft. So, so the Pelicans can be like, who gets the first, you know, whoever gets the first pick in the NBA draft, they might be able to parlay that into maybe Zion Williamson. And, and it's not, it's not as mm-hmm. painful. Um, I, so I, and then you, outside of that, I don't see another stretch four that you're like, wow. There's the dude. Well, and you know, in the draft, we probably could have traded up for Miles Bridges, but we decided not to. And he's looking really good. Uh, but this at this point, Rudy's in his prime. Donovan's going to be coming into his prime pretty soon. Uh, you don't want to wait for another guy that may or may not be good in the draft. It's it's time to start playing for free agents mm-hmm. and trades. You know, the draft is great, but you know what? Yeah. Our first rounder that. Uh, one of our first rounders recently became Tony Bradley. Our other one became Grayson Allen. I think Grayson Allen has a lot of potential to be a really nice uh, bench player. But I mean, if I'm willing, if I'm okay giving up a nice bench player to get Kevin Love, who will be a really nice starter, I'm doing that a hundred times out of a <laughs> hundred. Like, I, I like, right. I don't know what I, it just, it's crazy to me. It's a chance to get a all-star level player who probably is going to be on the downturn a little bit, but that's okay. That's still a very high level player that Quinn Snyder will find ways to make very effective. Look at what Kevin, look at what uh, and, Kyle and, Korver looks like now that he's on the jazz. He's a big difference maker. Uh, and he's with a good coach. Like, do, do you, do we honestly think that Kyle Korver isn't like texting Texting love and being like, bro, first of all, did you get the pick of the mountains? <laughs> Second, Quinn, Quinn is going to get you so many has open plays looks. that he runs. <laughs> like they've been yeah. playing with Ty Lue for years dude. now. And Lou was a clown. Lou <laughs> was a clown. You know it. I know well, it's it. like, it's like, like we were just there. From Ty Corbin. It, was, it was coach. It's LeBron. like going from Corbin. To it was, it was coach LeBron. That's what it's like. Yeah. And I, yeah, and so and 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 he and you look at what he was like. He was he was averaging nineteen and nineteen and eleven, and eighteen and ten under Ty Lu, mm-hmm. and and you look at how many threes, uh, how many threes he was he he was attempting like six five six threes. Dude, he's gonna come over here and average like Jay Crowder. Oh, eight he's threes gonna a game. bomb it. Like he is going to absolutely just. Oh, it's going to be glorious. If they can, I mean, I just, I think the thing is, is like you said, they can make it happen. If the Jazz want Kevin Love, they can go get him. And I don't think, I think Kev, uh, Porter is probably a nicer fit timeline wise, but Kevin Love's a better player. You're like with, with Porter, you're kind of hoping he be, can become close to as good as Kevin Love. Kevin Love, you know what you're getting. He's just fantastic. Uh, Man, Love doesn't have a nickname. I'm just looking at this, and, and this is kind of shocking me right now. Like Kevin no Love nickname on basketball does not have a nickname. Well, all you need is love for the no. Jazz. Is all I know. Like a Joe Ingles, slow mo Joe, jingling Joe. Which I mean, I've that's, never been a fan of it, but those, those are good. It, you know what's fun is the league has embraced it, so that makes it good. I guess <laughs> I've, never, I've never. It's just jingling. It just jingles. It's just jingles. Like that's the best. Uh, that's yeah. I've never been the biggest fan, but it's not bad. You know, it's better than nothing. I guess. I don't know. Like, the, the, what is it? The thin hair thriller, so. and then like, 
<sighs> I, I'm not the biggest fan of jingles, but you know what? I do enjoy going to Money's blog after games and seeing <laughs> opposing fan bases say, great, we got jingled. <laughs> That's actually really satisfying. <laughs> and so I do enjoy that. But uh, you know what? Kevin Love, I, I don't know. All the Jazz need is love, and they will be set. That's the team you can go with. They can build around that. Rudy becomes better because love will spread the floor. I mean, that's the thing. Rudy Gobert is going to get better if they trade for Kevin Love as well. Like, it's not just like Donovan. Yeah, it, it makes everybody better. That's that's the other thing, too. When people when people talk about it, they're like, oh, no, he's just he's injury prone. He's this. And it's just like, yeah. And then and then the other 80 percent of the time, he's an all star player. It is so weird to me that they're like, know who I want, Otto Porter, who I'm not sure if he's good or not. But at least we're cap space is <laughs> He had good. one good year. You know, thank heavens our cap space is good. the cap space is okay. And he plays every game. And versus uh, versus like a guy who's a legit all-star. It's, it's so weird to have to fight for that. And they're like, well, what about his contract? Well, guess what? Utah's going to have to overpay for everyone. And here's the thing. I don't want them going into free agency thinking they're going to be able to swing for the hills with Tobias Harris. And they're like, well, you know, and then and then that's how we maxed Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> and what happens like, when that's we not don't what get I want. Tobias Harris? Then what? You know, what's the plan? Yeah, then because the, the plan is you have Derek Favors and then he's you're like, well, favors, we were going after all these players. Ignore all the rumors. We're guaranteeing the second year of your contract. Welcome back, buddy. <laughs> I guess <sighs> like that's a real heavy endorsement on that. So and oh my gosh, I'm just realizing it is Dante's fifth year, and he's only played 198 games. Oh, guys, here I I'm telling you. That he's, is crazy. He's that very, so crazy. very good. And if you put Kevin Love on the Jazz, Dante will go ham. He can just cut. He will open up space for Love. Rudy Gobert is going to be able to ISO in pick and rolls. And so, like, it's like every night you're going to just see a top 10 offense. Like, that's the thing. You're trading for a top 10 offense. And Rudy Gobert gives you a top 10 defense. To win a title, you need a top 10 of both of those. And that's what can happen if you trade for him. You know, that's what you've got to take risks if you want to win a title. If you want to stay in safe town, if you never want to ask the girl out and, and you know, play Halo 2 all night, but at least you didn't get rejected. You know what? That's fine. I asked. I'm married. I've been married 10 years. I asked. It worked out. If you go after Kevin Love, it'll work out for you. I'm a man. I'm forty. <laughs> like, it's like you've got to get out of your mom's basement at some point and go for it. You know. Okay. Do you, do you, okay. This is uh, now we've gotten to the point of the podcast where I'm just going <laughs> to troll. Okay. So here are the per thirty six minutes of three players, oh. all all of Utah's point guards, and I want you to tell me which one is Dante, which one is Howell Neto, and which one's Ricky Rubio. <laughs> I already know the first one is per thirty six. It's incredible. 15.2 15.2 points uh-huh. per game. The other one is is uh 16.2 points per game and the other one's 15.5 points per game. So who do you think has uh, the least? Dante. No. Rubio. It's Rubio. Who has say, the second I bet, highest? Like for whatever weird reason Nettos is up there. Uh 
So it's Nettos <laughs> is second. I tell- and Dante Exum is 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 the highest. And then when you look at um who who averages the least amount of turnovers, like you know this because you're a Dante Exum stan. But I, I have to deal with idiots who are just like, I want to do, especially on our Facebook side of the channel, they're like, Dante is terrible with the ball. Dante Exum only averages 2.6 turnovers per 36 minutes versus Ricky Rubio, who averages almost four. Mm-hmm. And it's weird to have to explain to them. They're like, he just needs to be better with the ball. And you're like, he 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 is. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like two turnovers a game is actually elite level like ball conservation. That's some that's some good point guarding right yeah. there. Like that's like really good. You know? And then I think like before last night, Dante Exum had like only averaged like three point nine assists per game per thirty six and like after last night he's like at five point six. But <laughs> he's he just needs a chance. And do I, I don't think he's gonna be an all star. He's not going to be a superstar, but he has a chance to be a very above average, high level starting guard. That's just like, that's what. He, and he knows how to throw that lob. He's the best lob, lob to the team. like. I, I, you know who yes, I think would and, be okay? and that's what's frustrating. That's what's. Okay, this is, I will say that lob is the one thing that makes me want to go full stand and be like, you got to play him. You got to play him. You got to play him above uh, Ricky Rubio because you're. Your best player on your team, Rudy Gobert, feasts well, off that you wanna know and, and You, you, you want to know something else that's interesting? Is our most used two-man lineup is Ricky Rubio and and Rudy Gobert. Uh, Dante Exum has almost not even gotten a chance to play with Rudy this season. You know, let alone be like the focal point of the offense, you know, being Dante, Rudy, pick and roll. And last night, we finally got to see it. Rudy Gobert is the best pick setter in the NBA. He leads the league in pick assists. And it's not surprising mm-hmm. that like Dante with his speed can use those picks very effectively. Like that's replicable. That will happen again if you give him a chance. Rudy is that good of a pick setter. And so when you think it's just like sometimes that's where I go crazy with the numbers. Like I enjoy the advanced stats and all that stuff. But sometimes you've got to go a little bit based off of like theory and just the eye test. Like when you're watching Rudy Gobert set picks, they're monster. And then he roll, he's the best rolling big man in the league. And so it's just, it's not surprising that Dante did well. Yeah, it was some guy named Cornet guarding him last night, but Ru- Rudy's going to be, Rudy does that against everybody. And if you have Dante who can throw that lob better than anyone else on the team, you're going to get a lot of lobs if you start him. Now, you don't start Dante until you know what happens on January 15th and 23rd. Cause Kevin love can't be traded until the 23rd, I guess because of his contract. But uh, I think after the 23rd of January, the jazz need to decide if Dante is the guy or not. Uh, yeah. I, I do think um, it, it, you're, we're getting close now where we're in the territory. It, I, I'm not sure if the trade deadline is it. If 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 the Jazz decide the trade deadline is the time where they need to decide whether he's a future or not. Mm-hmm. He's been playing really well up until that point. But I definitely think this is the offseason, especially when you have Ricky Rubio off contract, where you can decide, hey, this is this is what we're going with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you have to. I think the Jazz have Rudy Gobert in his prime. They have Donovan, who is going to need to play around guys that he's going to be with for a few years so he can build some chemistry so he can be his best the best version of himself 
Uh, the Jazz just need to make that decision. And it's a tough one because, you know, Ricky Rubio, when he's playing really well, the Jazz are really, really good. Uh, when Ricky Rubio is not playing well, the Jazz aren't good. Like, one of the reasons we lost the Philadelphia game is Rubio shot one for 10 with multiple turnovers. Like, it was just killer. There's, you know, it's hard to overcome. So the Jazz just need to make a yeah. decision on if they're okay with that and they want to move forward or if they want to give those minutes to the guy they just gave a three-year contract to. Uh, you know, I tend to think they'll go with the younger player, but we'll see. Yeah. But you know what? I want. I think we're out of time, Milo. Yeah, I think that was... I mean, when da- when when Dante Exum plays well, we we uh, this podcast becomes a, a two piecer. <laughs> it gets long, but uh, you know what? I will say this: you guys better go to uh, Sports Betting Dime, look up the Utah Jazz, and read that site, and then also just have fun with that site. It's really fun. Go check it out. We really appreciate Sports Betting Dime supporting the podcast. Uh, we got a sponsor, exactly. And guys. It would be really great if you went and and rated the podcast. If you went to iTunes and searched the podcast and rated it, uh, that would be awesome. I think we're also on Stitcher. Uh, what's the other Spotify. one? Spotify. Spotify. And guess what? I just saw a thing that uh, um, Pandora is doing podcasts. So I might look into seeing what I need to do to upload to Pandora too. For because I actually listen Pandora. to Pandora. You do, you listen to Pandora? I do. Are you I'm like fifty? No, I enjoy. I actually have a the little lowest end subscription to Pandora. You wait, like wait, it. wait! You pay for Pandora? <laughs> I do. What? I like. I like my Pandora. You've evidently, like you get pay off, for get Pandora. off my lawn. <laughs> yeah, well, you're old enough to say that if you pay for Pandora. I actually have a lawn because I own a house. I have a mortgage. And that's my lawn that you guys I'm can a man, all get I'm 40. off of. I pay for Pandora. <laughs> I pay, pay for Pandora. For... My goodness, you like <laughs> state your steaks well done, and you pay for Pandora. Do I? I don't even know you. <laughs> oh, you guys know me. I like winning basketball. Uh, well done steaks and Pandora playing my synth pop radio. That's what like I like every, every day. I like. I'm like you know James. James is a guy. If I was down there in Salt Lake, we'd hang out all the time. And then you say things like that, and I'm like, ah, man, that really puts it on shaky ground. <laughs> all I, all I, I like, I likes me some Pandora. I like uh, Gremlins. I watched Krampus over Christmas. It was very good. Uh, I'm very excited to go watch Captain Marvel. I, I'm, I just like what I like, Milo. I'm not that's ashamed to like you. the things. No, no, that's fine. That's, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I mean. I mean, you like if you like garbage, I can't I can't stop you from eating it. I'm not just, I'm not close enough to stop you from eating it. So you know, I just I just like, think hippies like Spotify. That's what that's what I've been told. I, I like how you're like you know what? When I pay for music, I like paying for music when it comes to hear music three months after it comes out. That's the stuff that I'll pay for. <laughs> It's a better music service. I enjoy like it a lot. For a movie pass to the real theater, man. I like, see. Here's why you want to know why I like Pandora. <laughs> I like to be. I like to be given my meals at restaurants. I don't like buffets because why am I deciding what I eat? Like I want to be just an algorithm of math that tells me like James like this other thing. James will like this, and I tend and I always do. Pandora a, knows me. 
Have you been listening to like Creed for the past two months? I love Creed. This is, of course, you do. <laughs> <laughs> or, or not Creed? Actually, wait, wait. Am I with arms wide open? Is that yeah, Creed? yeah, yeah? That's Creed. Yeah, oh yeah, I do love Creed. Oh. <laughs> I enjoy my that being said, thank you all for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. Hit us up at SLC dunk, hit up our sponsor and also leave a review because we, we, we miss reading them. We have, we've gone three podcasts without reading them and we want to know, do you like our sponsor better than the belt sponsor? Because That's if you right. do, you're listening to the wrong podcast. So, That's right. <laughs> so you guys all have a good one. Have a happy new year. And uh, hopefully the Jazz get back to 500 by the time we're talking next time. Peace out, y'all. See ya. <laughs>